When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, horror radio guy, cat dad, and I'm from wherever, and weigh in at whatever. I am freshly squeezed Troy, and with me as always is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the WCW watcher of classic wrestling, and the Robert to my Ricky, it's Rock and Roll Greg. What's up, Greg? Orange Cassidy, you got a pockets reference in. Absolutely. Well, he belongs not, in the same company. Do not lump me in with the pudding gang. Leave me the hell out of that. And if I have to have one, I call Trent. Hey, he's he he's uh, in the same conversation as Rock and Roll Express, right? Right. Is the conversation like best tag teams versus worst thing going today? Hey, Orange Cassidy. I don't care what anybody says. I like Orange Cassidy. Good wrestler. His gimmick Old is dumb, pockets. but his, look, his, his gimmick I is think dumb, but it's also harsh cool. on him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, oh, he puts his hands in his pockets. Oh, like, well, yeah, it's a dumb gimmick, but it's one of those stupid indie gimmicks. He carries that I don't mind. his title around in a backpack. They say <laughs> it's because he's too lazy to carry the title, but he's not too lazy to carry the backpack. That's what I get lost in at times. Can't you just put the title on like a backpack, like just sling it over your shoulder? It's a freaking title. You can literally attach it to yourself. Yeah, right. Like <sighs> Undertaker used to just like put it around his neck. Like I don't think that took that much effort. Okay, that's a that's a weird one. But uh, yeah, man. We well, hey, we got in one of Jim Cornette's most hated, Orange Cassidy, and some of his most beloved with uh, the Rock and Roll Express. Ricky Robert, forever. Yeah, well, he always used to say, you know, on on uh, on the mantle of of all all uh, Southern families back in the day, they had a picture of Jesus, and right next to it was a picture of the Rock and Roll Express. They had a picture of Seth Rollins in the Rock and Roll Express. No, they had a picture of Obi Wan Kenobi in the Rock and Roll Express. All right. <laughs> Jesus' likeness gets around, dude. But anyway, today, ladies and gents, we're going back to 1987. It is the very last ever Starcade that took place in November. So I figured we'd get it out of the way here. And yes, we are getting this one out of the way. Well, I was going to say, that's very apropos that you say that. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like this <laughs> This event was designed to 
get to get Ron Garvin out of the way. And I've got some stories about that where you and I always like because you had mentioned you're like, ah, they're, I always thought they were too harsh on Ron Garvin. And I was like, yeah, I didn't hate him. I got some stories in here that backs up why they were harsh on him. And uh, yeah, when when people like Ric Flair are seeing it from the financial side, because he I mean, he even prefaces it. He's like, I like Ronnie. He sucked his champion. And, and uh, he he was the opposite of a draw, whatever that is. They never drew a dime. <sighs> But yeah, we'll we'll get into all of that. But and we're wrapping up the month of November, officially getting into December, which uh, <clears throat> some people wait till December to really get in the Christmas spirit. So uh, we're we're about there, man. But before we get into all that, we're going to pause right quick to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They're clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code main event marks. That is all one word to get 15% off your order. It's main event marks all one word for 15% off your order. And now going into this first break here, uh, if you listen to the first spot there. Don't skip it. Listen to it because we're going to tell you how to get some good Christmas ideas if, if, uh, or, or Hanukkah ideas. Even we do have a Hanukkah same, design on same day this year. Well, one of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that was it. day six is on Christmas. I, I want to say it's six. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you can get some good, uh, whatever holiday you're celebrating, you can get some good gifts on there. We do have a specific Christmas design logo. You can get on a shirt or a hat or whatever. Uh, and then we got one for Hanukkah. So celebrate that. Go to our uh, merch stores that we talk about in this first break and uh, get it for either yourself or someone you uh, you love or someone you just uh, are obligated to buy presents for. And uh, that, hey, if they don't listen yet, that might motivate them too. So either way, uh, we'll get into and say I star of David made him at Marks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but uh, I always love that that Colt Cabana shirt. <laughs> Either way, uh, we're going to get into this first break. Like I said, listen to this first spot. And then on the other end of this, we're getting into the news and notes. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's Main Event Marks redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. 
Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Just to let you know, the Main Event Marks is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks. It gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form to mix into your water. You can either choose the green apple or watermelon boxes. If you want to try both, you can get the sample kit. Use our link in the podcast description or simply go to shockedenergy.com. At checkout, use our promo code MAINEVENT, that's all one word, to save 10% off your order. That's promo code MAINEVENT to save 10% at checkout. Also, if you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politic-free, you probably want the same out of your products. Are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee? Coffee Brand Coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. They've got bagged coffee as well as K-Cups. Not into coffee? Well, they've got great teas and cocos as well at Coffee Brand Coffee. Their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans. Each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles. Click on the link in the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. News and notes time for, uh, well, there you go. Roll Tide, getting into the Thanksgiving spirit here. (laughs) Sparkling ice caffeine. Yep, uh, and... Hey, hey uh, we didn't record this super early, so, uh, you know, how, how was your Thanksgiving? I'm going to say it was good. Yeah, uh, that's, that's always the hope. Uh, you know, I'm just watching football for fun now because my team sucks, so I had a good time watching the Lions lose. Wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was always, I, I like that on uh, Family Guy where, like, these Lions back down the dog, Brian. He was like, hey, aren't you guys supposed to be losing a football game? <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, the Thanksgiving is always good. Uh, I don't, uh, like I said, wink, wink. We didn't record this early, so I may or may not have spent it at uh, my in-laws' house. Uh, depends on if they get a new oven <laughs> delivered by then. Hell of a time for your oven to break right before the biggest cooking holiday of the entire year. <sighs> but anyway, getting into this. Speaking of Thanksgiving, 
We have the Thanksgiving showdown between Starcade and Survivor Series looming. Both the WWF and NWA have been taking shots at each other with various read-between-the-lines comments and behavior. Sam Houston used Midnight Rider as a theme before going out to do a squash job. Uh, that, was a shot at, <laughs> that was a shot at Dusty Rhodes. If nobody Good old it. Sam Houston. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and even Manny Fernandez went on Memphis TV and said that Crockett's show is, quote, a team of mules being led by a jackass, end quote. Wow. Good Lord. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Memphis was doing so great. Yeah. Let's uh, let's go there and burn one of the two only two bridges you got. Yeah, man. Dumbass. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, so luckily for the NWA, Starcade has sold out two weeks in advance, and now they're looking especially silly for not running in a bigger arena. Wow, also, that's crazy to hear, like, two weeks in advance is a thing. Like, now yeah, WrestleMania right. sells out months in advance, you know? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, and <laughs> it's like, during this time, it's like, oh, they should have ran a bigger venue. Like, oh, wow, you didn't hear that a lot about them at this time. <laughs> should have, could have, would have. Also on the bright side, sort of, most people at home won't actually have a choice of which show to watch and will pretty much be at the mercy of whichever cable company they have. I think, and you were too young to be worried about this stuff at that time, but I think Uncle Dave said that his particular cable network, um, he could only watch Survivor Series, and then he had to find a way to get Starcade like, after the fact. I, I think so, or it might have been the other way around. But either way, uh, Survivor Series, was that actually, that was on pay-per-view, wasn't it? That wasn't a free TV thing. Yeah, right? they were on, yeah, the only free TV thing I can think of was Royal Rumble 88. Okay, that's right. And, well, and, uh, oh, didn't, um, the Bunkhouse, didn't, didn't he put that on oh, that, well, that free TV? Specifically. Oh, well. But yeah, yeah, I think the Bunkhouse Stampede was on TV, yeah. Yeah, you're correct about the Royal Rumble thing, but, uh. What? Or, uh. That is correct. <laughs> I pulled up. Not to, not to I take your shirt up, off. <laughs> of course, put my finger in my mouth. Uh, I pulled up clips of him from Billy Madison the other night and just laughed my ass off. That where he's like on the on the bus and they throw the sandwich at him and he's like he just whips her out. Hey, I will turn this bus around. <laughs> and he just like sits there like fuming and like gripping the steering wheel. <laughs> Everybody on good, great. No, yeah, I have a bus. Anyway, uh, for some reason, Crockett has been advertising Ivan Koloff versus Mighty Wilbur as part of Starcade, but it's Wilbur. Actually, <laughs> but it's actually part of the live show on one of the closed circuit locations. Uncle Dave thinks that it's uh, kind of weirdly misleading to promote that match that's only going to be shown on you know in one specific city. I mean, he's right, but who the hell is going to tune in for that? They're like, oh, I mean, they, didn't, they didn't have Ivan Koloff versus the Mighty Wilbur. I want my money back. That would be a deal breaker for me. <laughs> Sir, here is a check with my name on it. Write down any number on this piece of paper and I will pay it. I, okay, I have a lot of questions here. First of all, who the hell is Mighty Wilbur? <laughs> uh, Aubrey Stevens. What? You don't know I don't about get any that. that. Yeah, no, I don't get that one. They call her, they call her Mr. Ed, Dawn... Aubrey, Mr. Edwards. Uh, <laughs> the hell? Uh, it's too much time to explain. But it's oh, a cornet. Wow. Uh, well, in the New Japan Tag Team Tournament, Antonio Inoki lost his longtime partner, uh, Yoshiaki Fujiwara, 
to an injury angle. So he went out to find himself a new partner, Dick Murdoch. Uh, so I think you left something off there. Uh, well, you mean the uh, the Grand Poobah of the local KKK no, no, no. organization? There's a name in front of it. <laughs> yeah, well, he's. I, I don't know if he gets the honor of being called Dirty Dick Murdoch. <laughs> I just wanted to hear you say it in all honesty. Craig's <laughs> <laughs> always looking for Dirty Dick. Uh, <laughs> but so, did Antonio Inoki pay him enough money? Sorry. <laughs> no, no judgment. Uh, did Antonio Inoki pay him enough money to not be racist? That's what I want uh, to know. I, I assume. Well, the finals are likely going to be Inoki and Murdoch versus Masa, uh, Masa Saido and Ricky Choshu, uh, which could draw a lot hey, of Hey, I know who Ricky Choshu is. Third one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, I th- you probably know who Masa Saido is. Uh, he was in NWA a little bit here and there. Short is he the huge, like, mountain-sized dude like the military haircut? No, he's about, uh, he was, I think he went by Mr. Saito in NWA, and he was, like, about sure? as wide as he was tall. That's what I mean. Hold on, let me see. Mr. He wore, I mean, he Saito. had, like, short hair, but. He had. I-O-T-O? Yeah. S-A. He wore tights that came below his knees. I know that. Yeah, that's the guy I was thinking of. Oh, okay. I didn't think he had a military I, haircut. But. No, he not in this, but there was something I saw him in with it. I'm pretty sure that's he was like, he was he had the Taz effect where he wasn't very tall, but man, he was like a little spark plug. Sorry, and, this is not the guy I'm thinking of. Ah, okay, okay, yeah, and, and uh, Saito he invented the Saito suplex for anybody that doesn't know, but uh, kind of like Fujiwara invented the Fujiwara armbar, so. But anyway, uh, Choshu, meanwhile, actually did a high-profile job to Kimura and Fujinami in the tournament, which is the first time that he had lost in a very long time. Uh, yeah, uh, Ricky Choshu, he, uh, he did no yab over in, uh, over in Japan. The, uh, uh, w- sorry, real quick. I was thinking of Professor Toru Tanaka. Uh, that uh, the name sounds familiar. He's been in a couple of movies. That's why I thought it was him. Gotcha. Okay. He's got like a main style build and he's always got like a military haircut. He's, he's like usually like the badass henchman. Ah, okay. And when you see him, it's rightfully so. <laughs> Masa Saito kind of looked like uh odd job from James Bond, I think. <laughs> but anyway. Hey, uh, Remember that. Oh, not allowed. Yeah, what? Well, well, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I liked in uh, Austin Powers where they ripped him off and they called him Random Task. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Isn't that guy like a murderer or something? They don't want to talk about him anymore. Uh, From Austin Powers, right? Yeah, I think that. I was... think you're right. Yeah, I just like that. You know, Oddjob threw his like hat like a frisbee, but it, like the ends were like a razor, so he could like yeah. cut through things. And Oddjob just threw his shoe. Every time he'd hit somebody, they'd be like, "Who throws a shoe?" Honestly. Uh, the WWF taped the next Saturday night's main event show in Seattle, Washington on November 11th, and it doesn't sound like it was a hot show, although Randy Savage versus Bret Hart was said to be an excellent match. Oh, color me shocked. Uh, the main event saw Hulk Hogan lose to King Kong Bundy by countout, which is the first time that Hogan has ever been beaten on national TV, making it a double crazy week when both Hogan and Choshu do jobs. Is this the one where... <laughs> What year is this? This was 87. No, it's not that. Yeah. 87, right? Remember 87? Yeah, it was uh, 
So this yeah, isn't where he does the avalanche. It's at WrestleMania too. So we, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, Saturday night's main event, 1987. Let's see. I don't know which one this would be, to be honest. I know on Saturday night's main event, they set up WrestleMania 2. I haven't King Kong Bundy do the avalanche and Hogan, which for people don't know, it's like basically a splash in the corner. Broken right. ribs. Um, which I didn't know they like had another Saturday night's main event match. Yeah, okay. Uh, this was, it was right before the main event, which was Bam Bam Bigelow versus uh, Hercules, you know, so that was obviously awesome. <laughs> that clearly takes precedent over any Hogan match. Well, of course. Uh, yeah, this was, it aired on November 28th. It was in uh, Seattle at, at the uh, Seattle Center Coliseum. Yeah, Nirvana. It was, yeah. Uh, it was George Steele ver- uh, versus Danny Davis. Savage versus Hart, Bundy versus Hogan, and Bigelow versus Hercules. So there you go. That doesn't sound Hercules, like too Hercules. bad a show. Yeah, uh, it drew 16,000 people. So, I mean, it's not like it didn't do well. Uh, Brian Paul. Uh, yeah, who was on? You said Dangerous Danny Davis? Yeah. Yeah, when he's on the card, I mean, 16,000 easy. Exactly. Uh, you know, uh, as a throwback, I'm surprised they didn't do a bigger venue. So Andre the Giant was apparently in Bundy's corner, and midway through the match, Andre was ejected from ringside for attempting to interfere in the match. And then uh, when he returned to the locker room, he shoved a cameraman to the floor. Uh, also, Brian shoved, Bosworth tapped him and he fell to the floor. Whatever. Uh, Brian Bosworth. I don't know if you know. Uh, I don't know if you know this. He's a large uh, fan. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Brian Bosworth was in the crowd. He was apparently playing for the Seahawks at the time. So there you go. Anyway, uh, Kamala is sitting out his WWF contract until December. <gasps> oh, no. Uh, at which point he'll likely show up in world class. Does. Well, don't hold me to that. I don't know if he goes right to world class, but he does leave. He comes back later. Does another thing with his contract. I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but apparently he was never happy with his payout. Yeah. Uh, and that went on until the day he died, by the way. I I will say there's there's got to be something to some of it because, like, he was talking about, like, he always had to have GoFundMes to help him pay for his medical bills. Like, yeah, it seems right. like he was I, always broke. I'm certainly not saying, you know, he's lying. I don't I don't know the facts, and I'm not right. going to even touch that. But every time I saw anything about him, it was he was unhappy with his pay. <laughs> so. Yeah. Wasn't he in the... Welcome to the America, man. We're all unhappy with our pay, to be fair. What? Yeah, right. Wasn't he in the Dungeon of Doom for a while? Yes, he was. Yeah, that's right. He was in War uh, Games. I want to see. Yeah, he was in War Games. I wa- was he in that Alliance and Hulkamania match? Might have been. I don't know. Everybody and their mother was in that one. So, hey, you uh, know who? Uh, who was also in it? it? Was the Zodiac? Oh yeah. Well, no, no. Uh, the the Booty Man came out at the end to help him. Remember? Uh, he was a Zodiac in War Games. He was the booty man by the time Uncensored came around. That's right. Okay. Yeah, because remember, he, he came out <laughs> with frying pans and helped them beat people up with frying pans and win. <laughs> That's a real sentence, by the way. I'm just, I'm just waiting. <laughs> it is. I'm just waiting for you to say the name, please. I'm not going to move on until you say it. What, Brutus the effing barber beefcake. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Billy Jack Haynes collapsed after a match at the Nassau Coliseum on November 6th 
which turned out to be a potassium deficiency and dehydration. Allegedly! Oh. Or, as, as Bobby Heaney would call him, Billy Jerk Haynes, which... Had to get it. Not one of uh, Heaney's better ones, by the way. Yeah. Well, speaking of not one of their better ones, Uncle Dave saw yeah, Ron Simmons... Yep, yep. Not one of their better ones. Uncle Dave, gotcha. That's the saw, story, right? Of course, yeah. <laughs> saw Ron Simmons versus Black Bart live and says that Simmons stunk up the joint. He doubts that Simmons will have will be a future superstar at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Sitting there with himself. Black Bart and didn't have a banger. Who would have thought? He's not going to do anything. What the f***? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he's, he's never going to go on and have a good career. F that. He's not going to go shatter a damn barrier here in a few years, by the way. <laughs> yeah, in about five years, he's going to be the world champ. So there you go. Something up until that point, by the way, that was either taboo, never talked about, or whatever. Yeah, yeah but right. he's not going to do much. Nope. Ah, oh, he sucks, man. He stunk it up. I mean, the Seminoles suck. I'll say that. But that didn't do wrong sentence. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I hate that stupid tomahawk chop. That was one thing I liked about the <laughs> Cleveland Indians is we never did that crap. Like. You didn't know what cool was. Yeah. Freaking. Doesn't Kansas City do that garbage? Maybe. It's, if nobody knows what I'm talking about, it's where they do the like like they're chopping with their hand. If in you don't the know air. what the tomahawk chop is, do you do you know anything about sports like at all? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it's, where, it's where you do like a chopping motion with your arm in the air repeatedly, and you do that like the stereotypical war song. It's like uh, 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 uh. it's like I always thought it sounded so dumb. It looked dumb, and I'm like, uh. yeah, but you got to remember back in the day, anything history will tell you when you heard that. Get the hell out. Stuff's going down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm well, not being funny. <laughs> well, history told me whenever I heard that, it meant it was going to go on all damn game, whether the team sucked or not. <laughs> so it just annoyed the piss out of me. <sighs> but anyway, I hate Florida sports teams. Moving on. This uh, this is the beginning of what I was talking about with uh, piling on to Ron Garvin. The NWA drew a Hold very... On, dis- I'm sorry. The fact that we have a beginning... <laughs> it tells me that's not good. It's not no. just a story. All right, let's it's, go. It's, it's a couple things here, yeah. Uh, the NWA drew another disappointing 3,800 fans to the Omni on November 8th, and it was supposed to be headlined by Ric Flair versus Ron Garvin in a non-title match. Instead, it ended up being Garvin and Flair each separately squashing a pair of jobbers and handicap matches as a Starcade warm-up. <laughs> this last part. Sure, we'll go with that. Yeah, uh, this last part I don't quite understand. It says fin- fans were hissing at Garvin. I, I don't get that one. Like literally hissing, like a cat, like snakes, like. Okay, because some people use the word hissing like crying, whining, complaining. But I uh, maybe that's what Dave meant. I don't know because like the person like like in, was interpreting it, they were like they even put they were like uh. Like snakes? Like, what? I don't get it. Either way, uh, yeah. So, thirty-eight hundred fans to their version of Madison Square Garden, the Omni. How I many did it hold? Uh, it held seventeen thousand five hundred. Jeez, 
Not even a quarter. Yeah, it was like a piss hole in a snowbank. Good Lord. Uh, yeah, so that sucked. I realized it was a house show in a non-title match. But good Lord, man. Dude, in the 80s, house show Garvin. Where was that? So that's, you can't use that as an excuse, really. Yeah. I don't know. And I guess it was good that they didn't do the match, but whatever. Maybe Flair's chest needed a night off because he talked about when uh, he went around the loop with Garvin doing matches, he said he would have to rub salve into his chest like every night because it would be all cut up. <laughs> that's uh, that's a little rough, man. I can imagine that's like if you take on uh, Gunther nowadays. Gunther. Although there's a lot of grumbling from talent in the NWA about leaving after Starcade due to poor houses lately, the real concern has become the plummeting TV ratings. Literally, as soon as Ron Garvin won the world title, their syndicated package dropped out of the top 15 completely and now is behind. Wow, man, that is bad. Right. And it's now behind both the AWA and David McLean's POW, which is powerful. Yeah, powerful women of wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Basically, Crockett bought the UWF uh, specifically to boost syndicated programming, and now a whole lot of stations are about to drop him completely. You can make a variety of excuses for house shows being up or down, but if your TV ratings suddenly drop from 4 to 16 or lower, (laughs) it means that the people are not enjoying your product. Very good. Yeah, I know. Uh, one plus one equals two. Uh, but yeah, I could mess. If that's a serious number, they were number four. And as soon as Garvin became the champion, they dropped to number 16. What the hell, man? <sighs> People hated yeah. him that effing bad. Pretty Good bad. Lord. I, I can't think the only person I can think of to somewhat compare that to in WWE in recent memory would be like Jinder Mahal. When he became the champion, like (laughs) nobody gave a damn. Nobody. It was like, why? And he was a champion for a while. It was like, what, six months? Like, yeah, about, I want to say July to November. And he didn't have one good match that entire time. I am confident. Not true. When he lost the title to AJ Styles was pretty good. Well, the I, the the ending part was pretty damn good. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the match was know. good though. I remember it was it was in England on SmackDown, so it was good. But say Jay Styles. Yeah, right. Well, he could get a good match out of a broom, so he got a somewhat acceptable match out of uh, chinless James Ellsworth. So there you go. Chins uh, McMahon. <laughs> uh, things could always be worse. You could always be the AWA right now. They're cutting oh, wow. shows like <laughs> yeah, when you say things can be worse. That's usually not a good segue, <laughs> right? <laughs> They're cutting shows like crazy and guys who are not on guaranteed deals can't make enough to survive until Christmas. Tons of guys are gone already, starting with Tommy Rich and Jerry Blackwell and many others are question marks. Oh, uh, wow. Fired. Did somebody say something about fired up. <laughs> That's how why does it become? Him. Why does it become a new thing? Like we got to get that in once a show. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, like that would have been an a hole move. But that should have been how they like released him from his contracts. Like somebody say something about you're fired. 
<laughs> oh, man. And Jerry Blackwell, like, I look, he's Ooh. another one. I'm, uh, if anybody knows anything about the AWA, like the history of the AWA, he was, uh, he was a mainstay. He was, like, always towards the top of the card. Uh, but he never really did anything outside of the AWA that I'm aware of. I will say he's, okay, he, he passed away back in 95. He was only 45 years old. So not to speak ill of the dead, but your statement right there. Who? Like, <laughs> that yeah. sums it up, man. Look, I'm really? sorry he's gone, but I didn't know who he was. So just... Yeah, he's, he was, uh, yeah. Uh, he looks anybody... like, um, he, he kind of looks like he could have been, um, uh, what's his name, WCW, the big dude. To... He looked like one-man gang almost, but <laughs> yeah, like shorter. Yeah. I think you're thinking of Norman the Lunatic, maybe. That's right, yes. But I can see one-man gang now. I'm looking at a picture of him, too. But yes, yeah. I'm thinking of Norman the Lunatic because of the way he looks with the hair and just huge. Yeah. And, I mean, he was in the AW way, like I said, he was a bigger name. He was not gone, by the way. He stuck around until 89. So, either way. Yeah, so, dog him? <laughs> I don't know. He was like, well, I'll leave until, unless you give me more money. I'm sure Vern was like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, where are you going to go? Check this out real quick. He was dubbed the rattlesnake. <laughs> the frick? <laughs> because was... of his quick speed and aggression. Uh, quick speed? Uh, sure. I, I knew he was Crusher Blackwell. If we're going off of speed, that's why Austin's the rattlesnake, right? Because he's like Rey Mysterio, the way he moves. <laughs> oh, yeah. I never saw someone move so quick in my life. Bored. Well, in world class, the Von Erichs Over America Tour debuted in Birmingham, Alabama with a robust with a robust 300 fans and drawing $4,000. That's not even enough to pay Harry. Hang on here. Hold on. Hold on. I got to do something. So tickets were $13.33 a piece? Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess so. I just wanted to know that math. Okay. Wow. Thirteen dollars yeah. to see the uh, with the Von Eric, you said. Yep. Thirteen dollars to see, perhaps the second, third hottest act of the eighties. Right. There you go. Okay. Sure. Yep. Well, on the bright side, the wrestlers are at least paid a guarantee by promoter Bum Bright's millions of dollars, so they're perfectly content to play in front of a crowd smaller than most nightclubs. So, what the hell is the point if you're going to be in the red doing a show? Uh, I think he pre-booked all this stuff, so he was, like, obligated to do it, and he thought he could draw a lot of money. But this is 1987, uh, when the AW, when the NWA is having a hard time keeping up with WWF. Why the hell did he think this would be a smash hit? <sighs> he had to have lost. Even, it wasn't even the WWF. It was just Hulk Hogan. He just happened to be with the WWF. Wow. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's definitely the, Andre the drawing card there. But, but yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> well, Ted RCD left WCCW in late October, so they don't yet have another fic- or so they did yet another fictitious title change and put the Texas title on Matt Bourne. Yeah, doink. <laughs> right. Uh, Ted RCD is like uh, one of the he was like one of those world's strongest man type whatever's. He was one in... of Triple H's inspirations, I believe. So there you go. What? 
I think his size is not his wrestling skill. I was going to say, he was not good. No. Uh, he He's the first he, man in history to bench press over 700 pounds in a competition, by the way. So there you go. Jeez. Yeah, right. Not even Dino Bravo did that. Yeah, he was he was a hoss. Uh, and he was in... He he was in a handful of shows and movies, so he became an actor after wrestling, which was good because he wasn't a good wrestler. Um, but yeah, and he's, like, yeah, to throw that in there. <laughs> he's he's still alive, so and, I, and I'm not talking crap about the guy. I'm sure he's a cool dude. I don't know, but uh, yeah, he was just yeah. I think he was on one of our archived shows, maybe '89. I don't remember, but he used one of his entrances. He carried this giant globe on his back like he was supposed to be like look like atlas with the world on his shoulders whatever it was yeah and then that damn bell had to ring literally the last thing he did was the uh it was what you just said left your left the organization in 1890 to pursue other endeavors and that's it for his <laughs> professional wrestling career and here it is right here he was instrumental in the initial strength coaching of both triple h and china wow and he set them up with killer kowalski Oh yeah, man! The Triple H owes him a debt. <laughs> the hell he does! He didn't do anything. He gave him a number. Give him exactly. twenty bucks. Got him hooked up with uh, one of the top trainers in the entire country. <laughs> apparently, uh, didn't he train Tommaso Ciampa too? Oski? Yeah. Let's see here. Pretty oh, sure he I trained, trained uh, Ciampa. Alumni of school include Triple H, China, Perry Saturn, Cronus. Who the hell's Brittany Brown? <laughs> John Studd, Damian Zane. That is, uh, uh, yeah, okay, he was one. Him and Harley Race are two of his Chris trainers. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, here, yeah. Champa, Damian Sandow, Fandango. Damn. Not a bad uh, class. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, Sandow and uh, and Fandango made some made some dollars, man. They're not bad. They're both wrestling. Well, very few people know it, but <laughs> Sandow's in the NWA, and D- Dirty Dango is in Impact, I believe now, so. Yeah, Sandow is wrestling in front of uh, about as many people as Devon Eriks did in ninety in eighty seven. So there you go. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> overshot with that one. I'll be fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, speaking of uh, nobody giving a crap, in Memphis, the Snowman is back and getting another push because his son Xavier is a major football star in high school and in all the papers. The hell's the Snowman? He's a big bulk black dude who. Got broken into the business because uh, at the time, what's that? Uh, Bill Watts wanted him another junkyard dog. So he picked up any impressive looking black guy he could find. The snowman sucked. All right. He forgot that, you know, the guy also had to wrestle on top of looking good. So, yeah. <laughs> Either way. He's uh, a, yeah, he's a large man. Yeah, right. He. He should have yeah, had apparently he died about a year ago. I, it sucks. Oh, that sucks. And again, I'm not talking crap about the dude. I don't know. He could have been a fantastic guy. I don't know. But he's he objectively sucked. He should have had a manager named Mr. Plow, though. I'll stand by that. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, the latest pow card drew 850 fans in Marietta, Georgia. Outdrawing the freaking Von Erics. <laughs> so is this the is this what we're going with today? Just all the horrible show the horrible draws? Okay, what's Powell, by the way? Uh powerful women of wrestling. It was a knockoff of Glow. So okay. there you go. Yeah. It was well, ran by the okay, same guy. I, look, it's 
I don't want no one to think I'm sexist here, but wrestling, women's wrestling back then didn't matter. I'm sorry. No. Nowadays, we're inventing shows, and it's amazing. Back then, right. no. No. Yep. Well, uh, it was, like I said, it drew eight, 850 fans in Marietta, Georgia, although none of the girls were actually advertised in the promotional period uh, materials. And they still managed to draw 800 people? Yeah. Good for them, I guess. You gotta call that kind of impressive. You gotta call Spade Spade, dude. Yep. Well, it's kind of like when they advertise like uh, micro championship wrestling and all those uh, little people organizations, whatever. They they hardly ever advertise anybody by name unless it's somebody like Puppet or, you know, whoever that's actually known. Or Swoggle? Or, yeah, Swoggle. Well, I, I didn't throw him in there because I don't think he usually shows up at them things. No, he's actually kind of a little bit mainstream and loved. Um, yeah, he's yeah. he's he's actually got a name worth giving a damn about. But yeah, I know the those like little organizations uh, or little people organizations like they don't usually advertise anybody by name. They're just like, come up and you know come out and see little people wrestling. Like that's so uh, that's so disrespectful. It, it, so it you, so it, you're really just drawing off the fact that they're little people. Well, like that it's, was it's, it's actually borderline disgusting what it is. But that was like back in the day. They always used to put they're like. Uh, you know, they would put them the main matches that they thought would draw money, and then they were like, and also the midgets and the girls. God, thinking back, I've seen some of these old posters actually. Now that I think about it, yeah, you're not wrong. Yep, that was the thing. I, uh, Jim Cornette talked about it. He said they never advertised any like women by name. Usually, it was just like come out and see the girls. Like, okay, well, that's gonna draw the uh, drunken idiots. So there you go. There's that. Yeah, right. Show us your boobs. <laughs> Show us your bobs. <laughs> uh, in Portland, the Super Ninja was introduced uh, or has introduced <laughs> a big guy called the American Ninja as his bodyguard. And he's billed as six foot eight and three hundred and ten pounds. Uh, so the American. Was that... huh, go ahead. Was that big? Was that big John Stud? It was not. The American Ninja became famous later. Although he is far from 6'8 and 3'10, uh, he's actually Brian Adams, a.k.a. Crush. I missed that one completely. <laughs> yeah, right. Nobody knew who the hell this guy was at this time, so it would be another four years? Three or nah? Three, four Tony years. Tony Crush before. is coming in 1990, or actually, Crush and Demolition is coming in a couple of years. Yeah. 1990, I would say. Yeah. But he, he's the only member of have a Mattel figure of because I don't think they made a Jax figure of him. Uh, I they have, did make Mattels of the original Demolition, which are just right. you know, mortgage your house high. Yeah. Well, I got... And uh, I do have that Crush uh, Demolition on my wall. MOC. Nice. I have... I knew that was going to be a figure I, I, I should get when I saw it. It would be something one day, and it is. So, yeah. I got him loose on eBay, uh, but he's in great condition. Got all his gear with him. Uh, I have Jack's figures of uh, Axe and Smash, though, and they also have all their gear. Those will uh, fetch a pretty high price, too, even though they're loose. I'm, I'm hoping that all this uh, the cloud over the class action lawsuit clears so we can get some more of these guys in uh, Mattel yeah, right. form. So, <sighs> and I know awesome. Demolition's on that list. So They had uh, multiple variations of their face paint and stuff, so you, know, you can do that. I, this sounds weird, but, you know... You might be with me. You're, you like the obscure ones. I would like a masked superstar. Is that a real thing? That a masked was, a person? Or are you yeah. just saying that in general? 
That was Axe. Uh, Axe's gimmick. Oh, years. yeah, okay. Bum-ass superstar. Axe he just had a said, star. I'm looking at my No Holds Barred set. I'm like, you know, a Jake Bullet would be pretty cool. Uh, who? That was that was Axe in the beginning of No Holds Barred. Oh. It <laughs> was beating up some guy, and I didn't even know it until many years later that it's actually Axe. Because he doesn't have wow. face paint on. He's got, like, his hair is all crazy. Nice. So, that'd be a cool one to have. <laughs> Yeah, uh, think of all the all the obscure ass figures they could make for Smash. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Crusher, uh, was it Crusher something, right? Crusher Khrushchev. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Hole in One, Barry Darso, the Repo Man. I want a Repo Man. I stand by that. They really <laughs> was, need to make that. Yeah. Uh, what was the one he got? Blacktop Bully. That was the other one. I don't think he wants to remember that one, but yeah. Now where he got crap can for <laughs> crap can for bleeding on a semi on pay-per-view. How about that? Oh, Lord. Uh, this one, speaking of lawsuits, it was recently discovered that Randy Rose and Dennis Condry can be the Midnight Express because the NWA forgot to trademark the name. Oh, my God. So it's actually public domain. Uh, I guess that explains why Bart Gunn and Bob Holly could use it as well. Who is it now? Is Courtney on it? Uh, he might. Uh, I I hope he does, or, or I would think he would. Either him or uh, one of the Stan Lane would members. be the one, right? Or Dennis Condry. He's still like around and doing conventions and stuff. So I don't know. Uh, Love boy, Dennis, Dennis Condry. By the way, thank you. I heard that Dennis Condry and No Showing went together like uh, lamb and tuna fish. <laughs> Had to get that reference in again. <laughs> but anyway, uh, last story I got here. John Nord, a.k.a. the Berserker, Viking, whatever. Uh, John Nord is getting over big as a baby face in his car commercials in Minnesota. Pile driving. I, <laughs> I, I heard about this recently. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Apparently in the commercials, he pile drives guys on top of cars as part of the gag. I think Cornette was talking about it. For yep. some really weird reason, but yes, uh, he it wasn't too. Re- it wasn't too distant past, by the way. It's like a month or two. Apparently, he left the AWA for that, and then the and the business did really well, and then for some reason tanked, and he went back to wrestling. So, kind of sucks, but hey, he got a WWF run out of it, so plus, cool. Plus, plus, he also got a Mattel Elite out of it too. So, yeah. Now I know you may be asking, oh, why you mention that? Because when you're nothing. You come back, and like we're talking 2010, like 12, 13, whatever the hell they made it, you're getting mm-hmm. rolled for that figure. Right. So he made a good decision, actually. I mean, it, paid, it took a long, long time to pay off, but he did. Right. Well, uh, apparently they said, the story says he's basically doing a combo of Jim Duggan and Bruiser Brody. <laughs> it's an entertaining act. I could actually see that as a, as a berserker. I don't think he ever, yeah, that's pretty much what he did. Yep. Uh, I saw Bruiser Brody all the way. I mean, he wore the fuzzy boots. He had the uh, hair. The, the hair and the beard. Yeah, the the hair, the beard, the fuzzy boots, the hus, hus. Like, I mean, all that is Bruiser Brody. And the Jim Duggan just because he's a freaking idiot or what? Well, like, I think he didn't he like cross his eyes and stuff or stick his tongue out or whatever. I don't remember. Probably. Yeah. So <laughs> I always thought it was messed up. Jim Duggan said like he told a story where like that walleye of his is like, like it just does that like unintentionally. And his, his dad used to tell him, he's like, quit, quit looking at me like that. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing. 
But anyway, we're going to take he our next... He catch her three times, by the way. Complete badass. Hell yeah. Beat that crap to death with a two-by-four. But we're going to take our next break, come back from uh, this, and dive into the event at hand. And this is a show. That's all I'm going to say about it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought this is an invasion angle? Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. It's NWA Starcade 87, Chi-Town Heat, took place November 26, 1987. The tagline, it actually had two taglines. First one was Chi-Town Heat, and the next one was Glory Bound. Glory Bound. Yep. You see anything in there we could use later? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, that wouldn't be like, you know, the biggest show for another company. But anyway, this took place. Uh, at the... in, in name for damn sure, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this took place at the UIC Pavilion in Chicago, Illinois. The attendance was 8,000. Um, <laughs> the pay-per-view buy rate. Yeah. The pay-per-view buy rate was 3.30, which amounted to 20,000 buys. Uh, yikes. Like, that doesn't sound great. But then again, they were running against uh, uh, Survivor Back Series. in the 80s, though, we don't know that. Maybe 20,000 was amazing. I, I don't know. Uh, by the way, I just, I forgot. I just crapped on their attendance. I mean, I think that was a legit sellout because they 
they were in kind of a UIC pavilion is not all that big. How many freaking things does Chicago have? Uh, too many. <laughs> but I will say, I feel like the opening of the show gave this kind of a big fight feel. Of course, that damn bell had to ring. Uh, but it was a cool opening, I thought. They had, like, lights going off. Like, it felt like the beginning of a Bulls game. But we start off with Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross on commentary, hyping the event. The ring skirt says TWN for the Wrestling Network. Uh, Jim Crockett Promotions and the Universal Wrestling Federation were hoping to form a network together. And obviously this did nothing. Well, let's shame. Into, yeah. Let's get into this first match here. It is Michael Hayes. Do we, do we have to? <laughs> uh, it is Michael P.S. Hayes. Sting! And Jimmy Jam Garvin with Precious taking on Eddie Gilbert, Rick Steiner, and Larry Zabisco with Baby Doll in his corner. It's a six-man tag match. Actually, I take that back. I don't think he was Jimmy Jam yet. I don't think they were technically the new Freebirds. I think he was still uh, Handsome Jimmy Garvin, or what the hell was he? The handsome? Was he handsome? I, I mean, remember. was that his name? I don't know. Maybe he was handsome. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Look at look at that hair, man. He had a lot of it, and now he has. Yeah, none dude, of it. He, he was rocking. Uh, uh, what's, uh, what's his name? Uh, Eddie Van Halen, all the way, man. Oh, right. It's just big and poofy and curly, like damn, dude. But you got to remember though, in the '80s, if you could do that to your hair naturally, you're gifted. I'm not yeah, being sarcastic. Right. It doesn't just happen. What happened to the good old days where real men dressed like women? <laughs> anyway, this was uh, this went on for 15 minutes. This was Chibi, Rick Steiner, and Sting. Uh, I don't think they'd collectively been in the business for two years at this point. Uh, it's cool that they used to announce Sting from being from Every Man's Nightmare. That was kind of cool. But at one point, everything breaks down, and we get a false finish where Larry puts his foot on the bottom rope, but Hayes thinks he won. In the end, Hayes had Gilbert in a sunset flip. The match ends at a time limit draw. How freaking stupid is this to do a time limit draw to open the show? I gave this... This is a staple of this company. you got to keep that in mind, though. I mean, yeah. I don't know about the opening part, but the time limit draw. Yeah, I know. It's frustrating. And AW, or AEW brought it back for a while. I don't, it's, that was annoying. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this three and three quarter, or I'm sorry, two and three quarter stars. Oh, man, I, thank God. Yeah, he gave two and three quarter <laughs> stars. I gave it two and a half. I, I brought it down. A, I brought my rating down because of that finish. Like, it just killed it. What say you? Give it two. I'm with you. The ending was stupid. Also, I call me slow. I didn't realize. I'm like, yeah, they did do it in the opening match. I didn't realize yeah. it was the opening match until now. But yeah, it was dumb. Like, you're going to start your show off that way? Good Lord. But then Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross send it back to a leather-clad Missy Hyatt backstage. She gets lost at one point and then recovers before sending it back to the ring. Uh, this is the last time we'll see her on the night, by the way. Did they oh. did they pay her to show up for this one segment? That was it. Probably. Way to you know be smart with your money, guys. <laughs> we'll talk about this stuff at the end, though. But this next match is Doctor Death Steve Williams defending the UWF Heavyweight Title against Barry Windham in about seven minutes. Between I just the hair... clarify, this UWF title is not Herb Abrams, right? 
Right. Uh, although Dr. Death would be in the other one for Herb Abrams as well. Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was pretty sure about that, but I wanted to clarify. Okay. Now, this is Bill Watts's. Which but, was far better. Wink, wink. Yeah, right. Uh, between the hair and the facial hair, Dr. Death looks like he's about to kick back in his easy chair, crack open a Coors while watching Sunday Night Football and tell his wife to let him know when dinner's ready. I can see that. <laughs> uh, near the end, Williams goes for a leapfrog and gets a headbutt in the junk by accident. Later on, Wyndham goes for a diving crossbody, misses, and flops to the outside of the ring. When he climbs in, Williams pins him with an Oklahoma roll to retain the title. Uh, so... Uncle Dave says the booking was atrocious here as Doc got headbutted in the groin, but Wyndham didn't go for the kill, only to get pinned with an Oklahoma roll minutes later. Uh, this was supposed to be the beginning of a Williams heel turn, but the crowd didn't get it at all. He gave it a dud. I gave it a star and a half. I didn't think it was quite a dud. Let's say you. I gave it one star. This was slow, boring. They could end already. Good lots Lord. of rolling around on the mat. Yeah, wasn't it wasn't good was not entertaining and yeah i like they when you have to lay it out to the fans why that was a heel move it, it's not good booking did, did you get that at first were you like until they explained it on commentary were you I like oh, dr Death's an a-hole i mean uh, do y'all know that <laughs> i don't yeah I, i'm not getting into that but up next we got the skywalkers man oh man it is the Midnight Express of Beautiful Bobby and Sweet Stan with Jim Cornette and Big Bubba Rogers in their corner. They're taking on the Rock and Roll Express because, of course, that's Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. This goes about nine and a half minutes. Match starts with Rogers attacking Morton as uh, Gibson was double teamed on the scaffold. Morton eats a Big Bubba slam in the ring. We don't get to see it, but Morton manages to take Cornette's racket away. And when Rogers attempts to climb the scaffold, Morton beats him up with it. Uh, Morton then climbs up the scaffold and beats the Midnight Express up with a racket as well. Bobby gets opened up. Gibson bleeds as well. Eaton fought back by throwing powder at Morton and Gibson. The teams went back and forth until Lane climbed under the scaffold. Morton followed Lane and pushed him off. Morton and Gibson then attacked Eaton until he falls. And the Rock and Roll Express win the match. Uncle Dave says that it's the same gimmick from last year's show, and it meant much less to the card, if anything. But he did give it three stars. I gave it two and a half, because I hate scaffold matches. What say you? I gave it one. I thought this had no business being on the damn show. Yeah. I, I always like how they take possibly four of their best wrestlers, and they're like, uh, let's uh, neuter them by putting them on a damn scaffold. And put their lives on the line? Yeah, you know, like there's no way I'd be able to do this. Like no effing way. And able taking to, bumps there's no there. way I would. Yeah, right. But anyway, after the match, we're we're, we're only a couple matches in, dude, and just just trash. But yep. keep going. <laughs> well, after the match, Big Bubba Rogers climbs onto the scaffold, <sighs> going after the Rock and Roll Express with the tennis racket. He ends up tossing the racket away, so I don't know why he climbed up with it to begin with. Uh taking off his jacket and his hat, and he challenges Morton to come fight him. Morton makes Bubba look look aside so he can nutshot him and runs away. Ah, Because apparently Bubba's an idiot. Morton climbs down, puts on Big Bubba's hat and jacket, and takes off with Cornette's tennis racket. 
Good grief. But after Jim Ross... Did you think that this match warranted an afterbirth? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dude, the NWA thought that the scaffold match was great and it was a draw. I always thought it sucked. Yeah, I I agree. It's just like the whole purpose of it is you got to throw somebody off the scaffold, right? Mm -hmm. So what the hell is the point of an afterbirth? Or, uh, excuse me, I, I, I missed it earlier. That is correct. <laughs> there you go. Anyway. The afterbirth should be the ambulance coming, pick the guy or the guys, whatever, who falls off, up, off the mat, and take him out. Bro, he's going to be thrown off the stuff. scaffold and, and die, bro. He's going to be gone forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. After Jim Ross and Tony Giovanni explained to us why do- what Dr. Death did to win against Barry Windham was actually unsportsmanlike. They sent it back to Bob Cottle because we needed him on the show too. And he's standing by with Michael Hayes, Jimmy Garvin, and Precious. Jimmy rambles and rambles going on about their earlier match, how they want the tag titles, his quote-unquote brother Ron's match tonight, and how much he loves the NWA. Lord Almighty, he talked and talked and said absolutely effing nothing. Uh, I've never seen Michael Hayes just stand there and not say that, a damn that's, thing. That was going to be my point. I'm like, dude, he goes on and on and on, and Hayes doesn't say a damn word. He like sat the guy there. Can't, the guy who can speak, you mute. Right. He just sat there in the back with a look on his face like if you would have slowly zoomed in and played that, hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> like That's what it looked like to me. <laughs> he's, he's just standing there like a spare prick at the wedding. Like, why is he even here, man? But anyway, uh, they just walk off, and uh, Steve Williams then walks up, and oh man! (laughs) Look, it started off not too bad, but then they let him talk for way too long, and he buries himself. Uh, You can tell he was like digging for stuff to say. Finally, they send it back to the people who should be talking. Real quick, by the way. I had to look up the thing just real quick because you mentioned something about the Sooners coming back and being good. Yeah. They actually were good this year. Right. Yeah, they went undefeated. They were, so, yeah, they were the top team in the country. And I only know that because Ross mentions it multiple times. Between him and Dr. Death, they had brought it up multiple times. So, yeah. But either way, they sent it back to Shivani and Ross, and we can see that they finally tore down that damn scaffolding. So we get to go on. And also, real quick, at a slow moment, what the hell? Why are we doing so many of these interviews and stuff? It took me a minute to realize. Yeah. (laughs) I think you had this with the cage the uh, last show we did. Yeah. Why is this taking forever? That one I did catch. This one I didn't. Right. Now we're even. Now we're even. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Uh, But, hey, it doesn't get any better, man, because up next we get a damn near 19-minute match where with uh, Terry Taylor... He's got Eddie Gilbert in his corner. He's defending the UWF television title against Nikita Koloff, defending the NWA television title. It's a unification match. Uh, I want to see George Bush saying unification. I just feel like that would be hilarious. Would he, though? I thought he usually adds ification or whatever to everything. If it's actually already there, it doesn't make it oxymoronic. I know. Would his head would his head explode? <laughs> it's uh, we're gonna we're gonna unify like a like like a unification. Wait, was that a real word or did I make that up? <laughs> my, oh man. My first note of the match, why in the f- would 
you give Nikita Koloff nearly 20 minutes. And I think we've already said established on this show in the past. We like Terry Taylor, yeah. but not 20 minutes with Nikita Koloff, Terry Taylor. Nobody could go 20 <laughs> minutes with Nikita Koloff and make it good. No one. The closest See, thing I would assume would be Ric Flair, and even that's pushing it. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, he's not a miracle worker, all right? Uh, speaking of Nikita, how is he a babyface while he's still rocking a CCCP jacket? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Uh, so I good. had that in my notes, but I wasn't sure. Okay. So, okay. I'm glad you said it. I wasn't sure if that was a correct note. Yep. Like, is yeah. some revisionist history? Am I missing something here? Were they good in 1987? Like, I'm pretty no. sure they weren't. <laughs> I know. I'm pretty sure they weren't. But, okay. Yeah, CCCP, for anybody that doesn't know, is another name for the USSR. I don't know what... I think that was like which, the Russian... Uh, which old Poontang is trying to bring back now, by the way. So stay tuned. Good Lord. Yeah, the reason it was the CCCP is because that was like the Russian uh, spelling of Soviet Union. So uh, anyway... I'm for anybody supporting your country where you're from, but A, he's not Russian. And B, that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, oh, let's... <laughs> Let me support the communist regime that kills millions. <sighs> anyway. At That's the, just at, one step ahead of Hitler. Do, and, I, do, uh, do I really got to say it? Well, people that don't realize, they always bring up Hitler and the Nazis with, you know, with good reason. However, uh, Stalin and the USSR killed more people than Hitler. Just saying. That's just not the go-to for everybody. Oh, well, he, nobody says, oh, he's the next Stalin. It's like, eh, they always say, oh, he's the next Hitler. It's like, mm. I, eh, you know, look well, it up, man. You, know, you look at like, like movies and stuff and biographies, you don't get as much on Stalin as you do Hitler, to be fair. So it's yeah. kind of ingrained in your head that he's like the absolute worst. And he is, don't get me wrong. The dude literally. The other ones, too. The dude literally, before Photoshop was could have even been thought of, the dude literally erased people from pictures. He erased them from existence. There you go. But anyway, uh, getting off of the uh, our high horses here. No, I just I, I never <laughs> thought about any of this until you said it. But yeah, yeah right. wow. Maybe I just saw it, and pass it over. Like you know, had it been like a Nazi sign, yeah, you know, you get that. Then you look at this. Okay, it is bad, but I missed it. Yeah, no. right. Nobody, nobody thought about it, but uh, now <laughs> it's uh, pretty effed up. So I, I'm not, you know, people walking around with that uh, hammer and sickle sign on stuff. It's like, eh, you know, maybe, maybe not. Maybe don't do that. Uh, but at one point, Eddie Gilbert hits Koloff's left knee with a steel chair, and then Taylor locks in a figure four, but doesn't get the win because, you know, we have to have more of this. Finally, after Taylor accidentally knocks Gilbert off the apron, Koloff nails a Russian sickle on Taylor and pins him to unify the titles. Uncle Dave says that the first 10 minutes were so boring that it was looking like a lock for worst match of the year. Neither guy wanted to cooperate until it became apparent that they were stinking up the joint, and then they finally loosened up. Taylor has been buried on TV so badly that it would have been ridiculous for him to win. <laughs> well, but... stay tuned. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but the slow start didn't work at all for that very reason. Uncle Dave gave this ah star. I gave it two for below average just because of Taylor. Let's say you. I gave it two because there was some wrestling in it. Yeah. Like in order for it to be a one, it's got to be absolute crap. It wasn't like 
like if there was wrestling moves going on, but man, it sucked. He was right about you, the first 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I feel like almost with everything Dave says about the eighties, I'm almost in sync with him. It's weird. Did you catch, did you catch who the referee was in this? Um, was this Hebner? Yeah. Yeah. Earl. Earl I'm just thinking we're about give or take five months away from the twin referee thing. Right. It's kind of crazy. uh, It's funny. The two twin brothers, uh, like they were referees in opposite, like, uh, the two feuding organizations. Yeah. Right. And then they would obviously join it, you know, WWF together and then retire. I was going to say to my knowledge, they never refereed together. Did they? It was always just one of them, right? No. Yeah. Well, and the weird thing was they called Earl Dave for the longest time because they like yeah. Dave quietly slipped to the backstage and then they just kept calling Earl Hebner Dave Hebner. And then just one day they decided, ah, eh, F it. He's Earl. <laughs> okay. But yeah, we'll see Earl get involved in, in well, this next match coming up right here. Uh, on a positive note about this match, I did say that the crowd was absolutely like they went nuts for Nikita's victory. So he was over, that. man. Why? I don't know, but you know, whatever. Uh, this next match, it was Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard with JJ Dillon in their corner defending the NWA World Tag Team titles against uh, Wink Wink, Chicago's own, the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal with Paul Ellering in their corner. Goes 14 minutes, I, 13 seconds. I don't seconds. get that. What do you mean? What do you mean, wink, wink? Uh, I'm pretty sure they're from Minnesota, actually. I don't think they're actually from Chicago. Oh, shut the hell up. Making <laughs> up stuff. What are you, Dave Meltzer now? Just go make up your own revisionist history? Just... Well, weren't that, wasn't that a thing that uh, with the with the AWA? Which which documentary was that that I was watching? Was they talked about probably the, 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 yeah, the Rise and Fall of AWA or a, the glorious history or something like that. I don't know if it was that DVD or another one, but they said when they made the Road Warriors, who were from Minnesota. Yeah, they were, I think they're from St. Paul or something like that. They said, well, they wanted they wanted to say they were from Chicago, you know, make them like make it seem. Oh tougher. yeah, who's gonna assume bikers from St. Paul? <laughs> You're right. So, it, well, it's kind of like I don't know if I don't know if the Dudley Boys are from uh, New York City. They might well. Bubba definitely is. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one hundred percent. I don't know. I don't know about Devon. I he might be. But either way, uh, what, what am I talking about? They're from Dudleyville. God, right outside of parts unknown. Right. But uh, and and according to Conrad, you know there were so many Dudleys because you know the, the gimmick is uh, Papa Dudley been slinging that Peter meat all over Dudleyville. <laughs> <laughs> I was one oh, of my- yeah. They had a black, a white, a Mexican, and you have Native American people, and it's like, yeah, right. Some adopted Dudleys. Clearly, he was uh, not too picky. Yeah, he's getting around, man. <laughs> Which is a, a good thing, you know. You shouldn't be, but you know, yeah, hey. slow down. <laughs> hey, man, uh, you know he, he's a uh, he was a Rolling Stone. But at one point, Tolly Blanchard knocks referee Tommy Young outside of the ring. Animal then throws Anderson. Uh, over the top rope with a back body drop. The Road Warriors then nail the Doomsday device on Anderson and Animal <laughs> pins him as Earl Hebner runs down to count the pin. The crowd goes nuts for the victory until the original referee wakes up and reverses the decision, disqualifying the Road Warriors for throwing Anderson over the top rope. <sighs> it's the dreaded dusty finish. 
Uncle Dave notes that there are inherent problems with putting the tag titles on the Road Warriors, but this was the time to do it regardless. I think his... Uh, do we know why? What he means by that? I think he means that they suck, but... Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, not everybody's going to be Ric Flair, man. Like, what the hell? They have good... They have, they have fine matches. They're over as hell. It's the same reason Batista Batista didn't get the world title because he was the best wrestler on the card. All right. Goldberg. Yeah, there you go. It was time. But either way, this did kill the town, by the way. After this, they never drew very well in Chicago ever again. Uh, and well, as Jim Crockett. And, and you thought Vince McMahon was the only one burying people in their quote, hometown. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this three and a half stars. I gave it three. I thought the match was fine, but the ending killed it. What say you? I was ready to go four until that ending. Yep. Suck. But, but three, yeah. How, like, 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 why? It's dumb. The, the Road Warriors get pretty pissed off at the finish and storm off to the back with the NWA titles. Uh, the crowd chants, bullshit, bullshit. Oh, something tells me they weren't happy. Sorry. I'm trying to, I want to figure out when they won the titles. Like if this wasn't the moment it's in the WCW lineage. I don't know why. Okay. Uh, they, they didn't, I guess win. it does make sense, but it's stupid. Sort of. Uh, so when, let's say who, who, do, who's Arn and Tully lose to, uh, Arn and Tully. Let's see, they lose in, uh, to Lex Luger and Barry Windham at clash of the champions. One, uh, now in the archives, by the way, uh, that oh, was yeah. on. That was a good match, I remember. Yeah, March twenty seventh, nineteen eighty eight, uh, and then they went back the the following month because, of course, they did. Uh, well, Wyndham turned on Luger to join the Four Horsemen. So that's right, I remember happened. that. And well, then they I lose him. I saw. They lose him uh, to the Midnight Express in September, and then the Midnight Express holds him for a whole month before they lose him to the Road Warriors. So they wait a whole year. The Road Warriors win those tag titles. Yep. At, on NWA Worldwide, by the way. In New Orleans, too. Not in Chicago. Yep. <sighs> Stupid. They did a few more times, man. <laughs> and they held them for a total of uh, 155 days. So not too bad. I don't know. And they lose them at Raging Cajun, which, by the way, now in the archives. Yeah, who did they? Wait, I just, I just lost it. Who did they lose them to? I forget. Uh, the Varsity Club, Rotunda and Williams. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's at the uh, the second of this Flyer Steamboat trilogy, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. <sighs> but anyway. But we now go backstage with Jack Gregory, whoever the hell that is, and Magnum TA. They talk about... <laughs> talk about, about how... just throwing a name on somebody. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> They talk about how BS that finish was and how well the Road Warriors did against Tully and Arn. Uh, they talk about uh, the two upcoming matches. They finally, real quick, before I send it off here, because they're about to send it to the next damn team. Uh, f- first thing, Magnum TA, to begin this, when he wasn't talking, had this like wide-eyed look on his face, like, what the hell's going on? And then he like seemed like he like chilled out after <laughs> like when the segment was going on a little longer. But the other thing, these guys were on the show once, just like Missy Hyatt. Why are you here? <laughs> For that one appearance, like Brock Lesnar on Monday nights. 
Yeah, it's like that's drawing the house. Like, why are you <laughs> wasting money to pay these people to show up? God, it's it's not that Especially hard. Especially when we well established in this show alone that they're struggling to keep up with WWE. <laughs> right. So five thousand announcers, boom, that'll get us over. But they finally send it off to Bob Cottle standing by with Nikita Koloff. Uh, I can barely understand a damn thing Nikita is saying through his thick, fake-ass accent. <laughs> and, his, <laughs> and his voice sounds like a cement mixer, by the way. He basically <sighs> says that Terry Taylor was a tough opponent, but now I have the title. Cool. This goes Zangief and Street Fighter isn't even a thing yet, by the way. Just pointing that out. <laughs> right. Uh just because I am bad guy doesn't mean I am bad guy. <laughs> anyway, this goes on for five minutes. Like, it, it dragged on. I'm like, why are you letting him talk this long? Send him off. Why? I know okay. And we're back to last week. Why I do know, you think? <laughs> I know they're setting up the cage. But, like, here's, okay. here's my thing. The guy who okay. walks up <laughs> next is J.J. Dillon. Like, so... Not that talk actually. Yeah, well, that's my thing. Like, not that you know, he's super enthralling or whatever. I heard his podcast was a snore fest, but he can still talk like eloquently. I couldn't understand a damn thing that Nikita Koloff was saying. (laughs) (laughs) JJ walks up now. He says he's relieved that Arn and Tully kept the tag titles. Dusty Rhodes is his personal nemesis. And he's supremely confident about the rest of the matches tonight. Cool. And now we get this. It is Alex Luger with J.J. Dillon in his corner defending the NWA United States Heavyweight title in a steel cage match against Dusty Rhodes, baby. Uh, This goes about 16 and a half minutes. So real quick, when you hear the stipulation for this match, don't you know who's going to win? Yeah, it's well, yeah, here we go. So Johnny Weaver holds the cage key and Rhodes will be suspended for 90 days if he loses. Uh, Okie dokie, then my thing is Dusty puts all this trying to pump himself up, whatever, in the match before the match that's supposed to actually matter. Not that he shouldn't have tried to get himself over or whatever, but still. And then why are you having a cage match before the cage match main event? I feel like we already touched on this in this show prior episodes. Yeah, it's like he has to do it before the other guy does it. And he has to try to do it better. Like, I'm going to take the shine off of people, baby. Are the Young Bucks Dusty Rhodes fans by any chance? (laughs) Maybe. I'm I'm kind of being funny, but I'm being serious. Like, think about it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I know what you're saying. (laughs) Well, it's a day that ends with Y, so Dusty must bleed. Towards the end of the match, Dylan attacks Weaver with a chair and takes a key. As a referee attacks Weaver, or sorry, as the as the referee had attempted to stop Dylan from unlocking the door, Luger ran into him, and Dylan threw the steel chair. Uh, Luger attempts to pick it up, and Rhodes hooks him and hits a DDT onto the chair. Sure, we'll call that a DDT. <laughs> Rhodes then pins Luger to win the match and the U.S. title. Uh, I was pretty bored during this one. It felt like it went on twice as long as it actually did. Uh, Uncle Dave said that when Luger tried to get Dusty up for a torture rack, it was, quote, like watching an ant trying to lift a watermelon, end quote. (laughs) Can't argue with that. Burn. Damn. 
Uh, he gave it a star, by the way. I gave it dose for below average. What say you? I like both these guys, man, but this was atrocious. I gave it one. <laughs> it's blue. Like, <sighs> damn, man. man. Uh, well, we're going to get into the main event. Can't say whether or not it's the best match of the night or it just it's I don't think it is, but I don't know. None of these matches are great. We're going to get into it after our next break right here on. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go we... way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well... What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. K-A-S-T hey, the ending. Hey, it's alright Good on you yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast Remember we don't spell it with a C We spell it with a K So you might Take it easy Hey if you've had a bladder leak today Listen up I get it I tried pills and pads for years But couldn't find relief Until I found Axonics Therapy It's a tiny device That put me back in control of my bladder Why not see if it could work for you Visit findrealrelief.com that's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. <laughs> Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back we're back it is main event time it is ron garvin defending the nwa heavyweight title against rick flair in a steel cage match what about 17 and a half minutes so these two beat the absolute piss out of one another. Uh, and they work the legs of each other. 
again, it's well, an and I, I thought that I thought it made sense too. Like, you know, they both use the figure four, but right. So yeah, again, just a little note that I thought was great. Yeah, it's it, it it definitely made sense. But it's a day that ends with Y. So again, Flair must bleed. <laughs> uh, near the end, Garvin punches Flair, who counters with an inverted atomic drop. Uh, Flair then reverse reverses an Irish whip, sending Garvin face first into the sport bar of the cage wall. Flair then pins him to win the match and the world title. I thought it was kind of a random ending, but uh, real quick before you go on, did you notice that like every match, like felt like every match, the referee got hit. This was no exception. <laughs> yeah, ref bump after ref <laughs> bump after ref bump. You get in that ring, baby, you're gonna get bumped, daddy. <sighs> But Uncle Dave says that Garvin was heavily booed, and they did all the scratching and hard chops, but it was the worst flare match in years. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it two and a half stars. I gave it three. I thought it was okay. What say you? I gave it two. Again, I Not thought it was okay. But yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought these guys were fine. I thought they had also, look, matches. But just to clarify, Ron Garvin was the face, right? Yeah. Just making <laughs> yeah, sure. You wouldn't know it by the crowd reaction, but yeah, just to prove nobody gave a damn, bro. <sighs> but after the match, J.J. Dillon runs out to escort Ric Flair to the back. To the back! Uh, commentary does a quick rundown before we hit the closing package, and the show ends. So, Uncle Dave... It's over. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uncle Dave had some overall notes about the event that I thought were uh, fun. One... The camera work was subpar, missing things like Sting's dive in the opener and J.J. Dillon stealing the key from Johnny Weaver. I mean, that's true. I didn't, I didn't catch that, but I'll take his word on it. I guess that's <laughs> uh, why I didn't catch it. There you go. <laughs> yep. Uh, two, there were a million announcers for no reason, and the interviews were obviously just done to kill time while they were uh, while they set up scaffolds and cages and whatnot. The most egregious was Michael Hayes standing there like an idiot while Jimmy Garvin blatantly rambled to stall for time. <laughs> One of your better guys in the mic is, is my point of that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not just like, some guy, Michael Hayes. That'd be like Whatever. if you had the New Age Outlaws and like Road Dog just stood there while Billy took the whole interview segment. <laughs> <laughs> Talk for me, daddy ass. <laughs> Three, Tony Schiavone spent much of the show emphasizing how great all the matches were, where they uh, clearly he does weren't. Stay on Dynamite, dude. How great is this show? How lucky are we to be a part of this show? <laughs> what the hell? I did say, I mean, he's just kind of doing his damn job. Totally. He's, I'm not denying that. Totally. Well, my but thing you is can't, Dave. You like, can't believe a, this. <laughs> right. But it's like a criticism from Dave. And it's like, I, I've, I'm kind of guilty of that because I said something similar about, uh, Bobby Heenan was like just just touching himself to one of the shows that we covered. And I'm like, this show sucked. Yeah. I don't even remember what it was, but he was just like, oh, my God, it's like such great things happening. And I'm like, are you just saying this to convince yourself? Yeah. Oh, to convince Eric Bischoff. But go on. Yeah, right. Uh, I need this paycheck. Uh, and got four, <laughs> four, he said the matches were all rushed to fit into just two and a half hour satellite windows especially the flare match, which was the one match that shouldn't have been rushed. He says uh, between, well, I don't know if all the matches were rushed. That TV title match was God awful and long. That might be why though. See, maybe they were, but there's a reason. 
Well, he says that between this and Survivor Series, the best performer was Bret Hart. The worst performer is Dusty Rhodes, only because Andre the Giant doesn't count as a wrestler any longer. Uh, Dave also also says that the best booking between the shows goes to Dusty Rhodes for his own match, whereas the worst booking also goes to Dusty Rhodes for everything else on the show. Uh, Book of the year, man. Right. He says the dumbest booking is certainly the Road Warriors match, which will only turn off the fans who have already been tuning off in droves in the past two months since Garvin became world champion. And he Garvin says on that, one channel, Hulk Hogan on the other. It's it's really not that difficult. Who, man, who are they going to choose? <laughs> but he says that the best match was the tag team Survivor Series match, and the worst match was Rhodes versus Luger. I don't know if that was the worst match. I mean, we had some pretty big stinkers on the show. So that was worse than the, staff, the scaffold match. Uh, I would say it was definitely worse than the scaffold match, but I don't know. You and I didn't agree on that one. <laughs> Either way, that brings us to our final break. When we come back, we're going to go over the final ratings of the show and what's coming up in December on the podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. 
Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Thank God I'm still alive. <laughs> Final ratings oh, here. Hold on. Do we do we have a, a sponsorship from Malieve? Because I need to take one of their asses after watching this garbage video. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Uh, well, I think I single-handedly keep Excedrin in business, so, uh, hey, sponsor me. But final ratings here. Internet Movie Database gives this 6.8 out of 10. Cagematch.net gives it 5.71 out of 10. I give it a 6.5 out of 10 for an F. Well, F+. plus. Let's say you. I go with an F+, plus as well. This sucked. And it's Starcade. It's yes, Road Starcade. Here are the three big things here. One, st- okay, I'll I'll add I'll add uh, f- uh four four things here. One, it's Starcade. Two, it's on Thanksgiving. Three, you've got big competition from the WWF. Four, you've got Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes in the top two matches, and their title matches in a steel cage, and it sucked this bad. Mother of God, man. Yep. Jesus wept. I just, yikes. I'm sure Jesus eat turkey and passed on this, by the way, but whatever. <laughs> right. Like, hey, you want to watch Starcade? Um, I'll just watch the Lions. I'm pretty sure Jesus can perceive things and he knew this was going to suck and passed on it. I'm sticking with that. <laughs> like I said, he, he, he probably tuned in for the, uh, for the NFL games this day. I'll, I'll watch the Packers. <laughs> Jesus, little did anybody know, Jesus is a cheese head. Not this year, but yeah. Right. Uh, but anyway, uh, that does it for the month of November. Man, it's crazy, man. We're almost wrapping up the year. I know it's weird. I can't Shocking. believe it. Yeah, this one this one flew by, man. But 2023 is right around the corner, and you know what that means? That means change is coming, man. Yeah, we we know this, right? That that mean that means. You know, that, that means change is coming and, uh, you know, good stuff is on the way, I, I guess, whatever. Because you flip that calendar and everything's different. <sighs> or anyway, <laughs> getting into uh, next month, though, we are starting off the month hot. Uh, well, maybe not. We're starting off the month with TNA 2007. We're wrapping up the calendar year with TNA Turning Point 2007 and I, I, I struggle to find your definition of hot, but we'll agree to disagree. This this right here, ladies and gentlemen, is what we will call, much like this week, that show is a show. So, uh, yeah, we'll have some fun talking about it. Oh, I guarantee that. If if you like the if you like what you heard here, you'll like what you hear next week. We'll we'll make it interesting. It may be worse say, than this, but go ahead. <laughs> might be. <laughs> I'll just say our show uh, is uh, it's going to be our, our podcast will be better than that pay-per-view. I will say that I that's a guarantee. Break your arm, pat yourself on the back. I mean, you know, you're right. Dude, the bar is on the floor. I don't have much to shoot here. <laughs> the bar is in the damn sewer. <laughs> There's that. But 
to anybody who wants a good show, I'll tell you what's coming up the week after that. December 14th, we are bringing you a really good show. This one, we switched around the uh, uh, the scheduling a little bit with this one, uh, thanks to Greg. And we're bringing the you, news, too, by the way, right? Right. We're bringing you a WWF Armageddon 2000. That is a hell of a show. Oh, yeah. It's got WWF the, 2000. It's almost untouchable. It's got one of the only, um, or, or it, the only, six-man Hell in a Cell match. Uh, it was dubbed like the Armageddon Hell in a Cell. It was great. Uh, it, it was, there was a lot going on, man. That's all I can say. Six Hall of Famers, man. It was a pick em. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I kind of figured there were certain people who were definitely not going to win, but... Yeah, just Rikishi. Everything else was fair game for me, but yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, everything else was, or everyone else, I was like, man, they could, they could win. They, they could win this. Uh, I was kind of shocked about how it actually went down. I was like, oh, wasn't expecting that finish, but you know, it, uh, it worked, and we're still talking about it all these years later. So, uh, good stuff, man. Like I said, we're good actually bringing, <laughs> we'll actually bring you a good show with that one. But next week will be a fun show. We'll, uh, we'll get it that. <laughs> That's our that's our nice way of telling you uh, it sucks. Yeah, uh, the whole it's thing like sucks. When you tell, it's like when you tell like one of your employees, "Hey, you're kind of creative." That yeah, usually right. means you don't know anything. <laughs> oh, oh well, bless your little heart. <laughs> <sighs> but anyway, that does it, man. Uh, thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yeah, thanks for this. Yeah, I'm gonna go drink uh, now, and I've never had alcohol in my life. Thank you. Yeah, well, hey, uh, I had to. Uh, <laughs> I had to get this one out of the way, you know. It's like, uh, you know, when you got to go to the doctor and you know it, and you're like, man, just let's just get it over with. Basically, what that this old, was for that old uh, prostate exam. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll bend over, just lube it up. But <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll see you all next week with TNA Turning Point 2007. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.